0: Welcome to Studio Kitchen Colorado, home of the Modern Eater Show. I am Juan Padro sitting in for Greg Hollenbeck while he kicks it in Florida on vacation visiting (laughs) his old man. So uh, I am going to be co-hosting with Ryan Harris, uh, who's joining us, Ryan. Running around the corner here. Super, Super Bowl <laughs> champ.
1: What's up, baby? Denver
0: Broncos, uh, 2015 team. And he just ran from doing another podcast because obviously it's Super Bowl week, uh, which we're pretty excited about. And we're going to talk football and we're going to talk food with Brother Luck. Yo, what's what's going up, on? man? How you doing? I'm excited. I'm excited. All right. So we got some Super Bowl food going, we got some Super Bowl talk. We're also going to talk about community and philanthropy and just all the things that are important to these guys and myself. Um, you know, food is about bringing people around a table and, uh, and having great conversations and, and making a difference in people's lives as well. So, brother, what do we got going on, oh, man? Oh, man. You know, I'm, I'm stoked. It's, it's Super Bowl Sunday,
2: and you got to throw down. So I brought some of our signature items from Beat Bobby Flay.
0: All right. We beat him with
2: We took the Iron Chef out. So what we're going to be doing today is we've got some pulled pork. Uh, I did a smoked and then braised pulled pork. Uh, on the show, I had to pull it off in 45 minutes. OK. So that's, that, that in itself is championship worthy. So you won. You pulled off pulled pork in 45 minutes. 45 minutes, <laughs> yeah. All right. yeah. I don't yeah. know how you did that. No, me either. Fortunately, I, you know, today, I we bleak. don't have to worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> so we had some time. We smoked those about uh, 12 hours. Uh, we're going to do a really nice uh, barbecue sauce that's infused with some anchos, some guajillo, some chilies. Uh, and then we're going to finish out with a charred pineapple salad, just to go right on top. A little bit of cotilla cheese for some saltiness. Uh, a great bite. And then we're going to do my signature wings. This was what I won the first round with, All which right. is our chicken wings. So you didn't just win one round.
0: I won them both. You won them both. You know, if you back to back. you
2: gonna <laughs> compete, you better win, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I yeah. Yeah. yeah, what you here for? So yeah. we'll see if, if
0: Patrick Mahomes can repeat against Tom Brady. But we do have a repeat change. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, so
2: we're gonna do our chicken waffle wing. So uh, it's a it's a buttermilk soaked wing uh-huh. uh, that we then crust nice and crispy. We do a, a scorpion hot sauce, some maple, all that's glazed on there. So it's a, it's a delicious wing. It's a chicken waffle wing. You yeah, said? you know the, mean, you
1: have me at waffle. <laughs> Come on, man, that's fantastic. Absolutely, I can't wait.
0: absolutely. Um, slow down. This hot sauce. What is this all about? Scorpion. Scorpion hot, hot sauce. Hot
1: sauce? Yeah. Are you yeah. a little scared about it? I was scared I about mean, it. it. I, I, I want to try it, but I don't want to <laughs> look like Shaq up <laughs> here. You know what I mean?
2: No, no. The, you know, we balance it. I think it's okay. all about balance. So I hear you know, scorpion. The, the sweet, I got a little nervous the here heat, for a second. The vinegar, you gotta, okay. you gotta you gotta you gotta you gotta coordinate.
0: Okay. You, gotta coordinate, coordinate. you, you coordinate. see, you heard me. The
2: mushroom bell. You
0: gotta <laughs> So you know it's all about balance, Bringing it all right. together. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I can't wait to eat this stuff. Absolutely. You know, in the meantime, let's talk a little bit about your restaurants in Colorado Springs. We just went through a whole year of COVID. Uh, we're still going through it. What's going on down there? I mean, you mean, everybody in Denver, you know, I mean, we're pretty aware of what life is like up here. I mean, I feel like that's a different world down there. What's it, happening? You know, it, Colorado Springs is special. I have, I have two restaurants down in Colorado
2: Springs, uh, four by Brother Luck and Lucky Dumpling, uh, both restaurants downtown. And the community is really what uh, has, has allowed us to survive. I mean, you know, my mentor, Marcus Samuelson, taught me uh, restaurants mean to restore. They should mm. restore the community. And and I know you believe that I've, I've seen that Absolutely. every day in your in your in your businesses, and and it's for us it's the same you know so uh, the communities really come down support us backed us up uh, they've kept the staff working and you know we're just we're 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 really just trying to follow the rules and ensure that you know we're putting out great product at the same time and still maintaining great experiences.
0: I think that's the biggest thing. I mean that people don't understand. I mean it would be real easy to pare back your menus and just say you know what, here start serving food, we're yeah. understaffed, yeah. we're tired, we're, you know, whatever it is, you know, Absolutely. we're having a rough day, you know, in the hospitality industry, you know, you thrive off engagement with people, yeah. you know, and we're not having that right now. And it's a really difficult time to be able to continue, you know, to, to buckle up every single day and, and, and yep. bring out the best in mm-hmm. uh, what you do is a pretty amazing thing. So that's super impressive. And Ryan, you know, I know you, when we talk about community and lifting people up, yeah. I mean, that's an incredibly important thing. Uh, in your life, I mean, you do public speaking. You yeah. do anything from 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 corporations to also to kids and, uh, and the whole community. So you understand more than anybody, um, you know, the need to, to go out there and impact the community in a positive way. Tell us about what you're doing these days.
1: Yeah, well, uh, I got my radio show, and always great to join you, Juan yeah. Pedro, man. You yeah. uh, got uh, yeah, my radio show, uh, and we try to support small businesses too. You know, hey, mentioning you could go get your lunch here or there because our show's kind of over the lunchtime hours. I'm doing Notre Dame football, doing some NFL football on radio too, um, and the speaking as you mentioned. But you know, more and more, I just, especially here in Denver, I want to be in the community, doing things, making an impact. You mm-hmm. know, and for me, that starts at home with the kids. Um, but I love seeing how many things we've all adapted to. Whether it's Brother Luck and his staff still cranking out food, you know, you turning an entire mm-hmm. restaurant and serving those who need it most. Right. I mean, these are the people I want to be around. And this is how we can make a difference. And that's the opportunity each of us has in all of our communities.
0: You talk about a lot of that stuff in your book, a mindset. Yeah. You know, can you share a little bit about what that mindset means to you and, you know, our listeners to, to kind of like, yeah. you know, help them going through a difficult time that they're in, you know? There's opportunity here, you know, but it it does start with what's up here.
1: Absolutely. And look no further than the game this Sunday, right? I mean, uh, there are 1,600 players in the NFL this year, and only 53 are going to call themselves champions. And it's because of their willingness to work, their engagement as leaders, and their belief in their skills. And so uh, throughout my 10-year NFL career, the one thing that kept me going, that got me through the transition of my NFL career, was my mindset. And I built it with the words, I am, I can, I will. And just said things like, you know, I am here at Notre Dame because I can play football. I will have a good practice tomorrow. And then right. I started to. And, you know, I am in the NFL. I can play. I will ask questions to become better. Uh, I, I am broke. Yeah, I had to say that to myself in the NFL, yeah. right? Like, I'm broke. I think broke. all three of us have had yeah. to say that you at know? one point. Sorry. And then we said, I cannot do this yeah. again. I will learn about money. Yeah. And, uh, and so I did those things. And choosing your mindset, you're going to look different. You're going to sound different. Right. But that's how you win. That's amazing. That's amazing.
0: I got to ask you, and I'm going to ask you both. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about Black History Month, oh. right? And, and I want to talk about, like, you know, I think, you know, what is the food? I asked Adrian Miller this the other day. What is the food that you cook, brother? Tell us about, like, your culture. Yeah. Um, you know, what are the main influences for you? Absolutely.
2: You know, um, I think self-discovery is where it starts. And, and you have to, to understand the, the ghost of your past To be able to translate that into your talent Mm -hmm. and for me being creole you know my father's black uh creole my mother's cajun and and you know it's louisiana there's a lot of great storyline about that type of people here in this country um but what it's taught me is is how to tell my story so you know a restaurant like lucky dumpling is fun because you know i grew up in san francisco and 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 i and i lived in chinatown and worked in asia but I love fusion lucky dumpling into a Creole-Cajun Asian fusion yeah. because it tells an authentic story. Right. You know, the story of four is really fun because four is about uh, the locale. We're here in the four corners. We're mm-hmm. redefining Southwestern, the people mm-hmm. of the Southwest. So, you know, it's, it's really engaging that storyline, but also sharing that confidence. Yeah. Right. Because somebody fought for
0: you to get here. You better use that opportunity, right? Tell us a little bit more about this, about opportunity. Opportunity is a big word. And my father, being Puerto Rican, used to talk to me about the fact that, you know, your education is going to provide opportunity. Your experiences, if you do this, it's going to provide an opportunity. And I never really understood that until I got to where I am right now. Uh Talk about the opportunities um that you were given and the opportunities that 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 you were passed up for uh, that maybe hurt a little bit and that oh, yeah. drove you so yeah. talk about some of that
2: you know I, I i think uh victim mentality is something that stands out for me a lot in my story mm-hmm. and and you know my father passed away when i was extremely young and and i was a product of the streets and for me culinary is what took me off of that at a at a high school level i was given an opportunity to be mentored and a lot mm-hmm. of people always ask me you know how'd you become a great chef where'd you find that passion well i found that passion because somebody told me i was good and i believed that person mm-hmm. so that gave me that self-confidence to go for it and mm-hmm. when i went for it i started to achieve right. so when i graduated high school which was a blessing in itself I walked away with a full tuition scholarship. I had thirty thousand dollars paid straight wow. out of high school to go to culinary school. That's amazing. And, oh. and that's you know, that's where my story that was just the first door. That was the mm-hmm. doorknob. Right. Mm-hmm. I had to walk through that door. And, and that's where I always remind myself is regardless of of your story, your past, it doesn't have to be your present. Mm-hmm.
1: Right? What was the what was the first dish where you're like, oh, I got this,
2: uh, you know, the, the crepes. Is that right? It's yeah. not that, that easy to make. No. Don't tell Ricky Bobby. Don't tell I Ricky made, Bobby. Yeah. <laughs> I made thousands of crepes because uh, part of the competition was to make crepes. So every day I would have to go in there and, and you know, work the wrist and spin the pan and mm-hmm. be able to get the perfect crepe uh, and French omelets. Those were the two things that we had yeah. to be able to demonstrate as 16-year-old kids. Right? Wow. You know, and you're talking kids in, in West Phoenix and in South Phoenix. Like this wasn't the, the most genuine class or interested class, but they,
0: th- you know, these teachers were giving yeah. us a lot of education at that time. Got it. Got it. Do you still make uh, young chefs when they're interviewing with you, make you an egg? Soft, Absolutely. Arg- soft you scramble? Know, a I, lot think of our chefs oh, do. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, that's one of the hardest things to get. You right. know, it,
2: it's one of the, I think we, we've all kind of come to the assessment when, it, when you're a chef, yeah. show me your egg dish. You better have a signature egg dish, yeah. right, right. right? Right. I know my signature egg dish. I do a smoked egg and it's a stained speckled smoked egg that's my signature dish wow. but we think every chef should have one so it's great to start them out young and yeah. be like teach me your
1: egg dish what about what about confidence and creativity i mean both of you guys are chefs you have to have a certain confidence to do a smoked egg to do your certain dish where do you get that from i think it comes from failure you know i've i've fallen
0: and and you know when you fall you got to get back up but that's what experience is. That's right, and that you know, and I, especially in kitchens, because I think kitchens are a lot different—a different way of learning. Than, uh-huh. You know, say, I mean, you went through, you got an education at Notre Dame. That's a lot different than coming and in, 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 in hanging out over a hot stove, getting burnt every day and yeah, stuff like yeah. that. Not saying <laughs> football wasn't tough. But, um, but you know, you're, you're working for, probably at the time, seven, eight bucks an hour. Yeah, you yeah. Know, <laughs> wondering what the heck you're gonna do. So, um, I, you know, what keeps you motivated when you're doing that? I mean, I, it's gotta be the people around you to some extent, mm-hmm. but there has to be something that comes from within. And I know you talk a lot about this, but I'm, I'm, I'm interested to hear what you have to say about that, brother.
2: Yeah, um, you know, for me, everything was education. The, 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 the way I was brought up uh-huh. was to pay attention and, and pick up the game. No matter, no matter who's around you, pay attention. And for me, when I got into uh, uh, production kitchens, large volume production kitchens, I saw it more than just culinary. I wanted to understand the, the management practices, how they treated their people, how they motivated their people, how they disciplined their people. I wanted to understand the money, how it came in the door, how it was broken down throughout the entire property, and then how it was distributed out, and what was left over. What did they do with that? So for me, when I, when I got into the hotels and into the restaurants, my goal was to become a salaried position to take the leash off my neck.
3: Mm-hmm. And it wasn't
2: because I wanted to make money. It's because I wanted to be there all day to ask questions, right? A salaried position is about making mistakes with somebody else's money. Right. Mm-hmm. And that was my mindset because when it's my cash, I don't right. want to screw it up. <laughs> right? I feel you. I want to do it with you. your money. I feel you.
0: Good. Look at this pork. Man.
2: Yeah, yeah. That smoke on there is real pretty. Yeah, it's um, you know, nice ring on there. Uh, you know, funny story, the smoker that this was cooked in is the one from Top Chef. Is that right? So when we got right. kicked off of Top Chef uh, here in Denver, uh, we all got 50 bucks a day, right? That's what they give you as a per diem. Okay. So you got nothing to do. You're just waiting around for an interview. So, you're, you know, you're there for two months and uh, everybody chipped in and bought a smoker. So we bought this Oklahoma Wait Joe. Wait a second, group. I'm going to cut you off right
0: there. You got a $50 a day per diem. Uh-huh. And you had nothing to do. So all the chefs, show- how many chefs were on the show? Uh, there was 15 of us 15 total. of you throw 50 bucks in yeah. and you buy a smoker. Yeah. <laughs> of course. <laughs> we bought a, so everybody Undeterred. had a different meat aging yeah. in the refrigerator. <laughs> right? So this yeah.
2: person got brisket, this person got pork shoulders. Everybody yeah. got something different. And every day we would, uh, we would light the smoker and start cooking. So you know when, when we got into, into the, uh, getting, getting ready to move to Telluride, um, they were like, OK, pack up. You guys got to go. So I called up my assistant. I snuck out, called my assistant. And I was like, yo, I need you to come up to this address and grab this smoker. It's chained to the pool. Chained <laughs> to the pool. <laughs> <laughs> so he drove up and he picked up the smoker. That's incredible. And, and drove it down to Colorado Springs. So I still cook on the same smoker at Lucky Dumpling
0: uh, that incredible. we all shared uh, at, at uh, Top Chef. So wow. it's got some, it's got that, some memory. That's, yeah, you got some history brewing there. That's amazing. All right, and now what do we got? Yeah, so this is that that nice chili Barbecue sauce that we did. I love
2: working with chilies. Yeah. Most of my culinary career, you know, when I was, when I was 16, I moved yeah. to Phoenix, Arizona. I'm and that. and most cool. of my culinary career has been in the Southwest region. Mm. You know, I love okay. the spices uh, that you can utilize yeah. here. So, uh, you know, on top of the chilies, we've got some onions, some garlic, some citrus, some pineapple juice. Uh, we've also worked in um, a little bit of uh That's what melasses. I'm smelling. I'm smelling yeah. the pineapple juice. Yeah. I was wondering what that was. Okay. What,
1: what's the one thing a lot of people are going to be trying to act like they know? to barbecue this weekend. <laughs> I, I'm a big apple cider vinegar guy. What's uh-huh. the one piece, brother, that you recommend? One piece for their barbecue sauce. You know, don't, don't limit yourself to just one style of, of vinegar. There's so many different varieties,
2: right? Right, right? Rice wine vinegar or apple cider vinegar or balsamic vinegar. You can open it up uh, and then play around with your fruits because most, most barbecues are tomato-based, right? Right. So switch it up. Throw in uh, a peach. Throw in a strawberry. Throw in a blackberry. And that's going to change the components right. of your, of that's your, like of your barbecue. That's like a simple
0: piece of advice that any home cook could do. Yeah. Absolutely. You don't even think about it. Throw it in your smoker. Yeah. So. Yeah, and and I mean he used the pineapple. He's got this slaw over here. Oh yeah, um, yeah. That he you know he grilled off some pineapple. It looks well, like. So. Well,
2: you know the funny thing is is when they hit me up and they were like, hey, you want to do Beat Bobby Flay? I was like, absolutely. It's the first TV show I'd ever done. Uh, this is way before Top Chef, and uh, they said, what's your signature dish? And I said, oh, well I do this dish. And they go, oh, we did that episode. What else you got? I was like, well I got this one. They're like, mm, not feeling it. I go, all right, so we don't do this all day long. What? What episode do you have that nobody else will do? And they were like, well, we really want to do something for Fourth of July, like pulled pork. And I was like, done. Huh. Go, How are you going to do it in 45 minutes? I was like, I don't know. I'll call you back tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> willing, though. You were willing. Absolutely. <laughs> right. really. It was but opportunity. Well, a right? way. Yeah. A way. So, right. you know, I figured it out, uh, played around with the recipe. And, you know, it's Bobby Flay. Like this dude has he's an icon. Yeah. Right. And we've no all, we all respect what he's, what he's accomplished in, in the industry. But I knew uh, as much as it's a, a battle and, and they don't know who's is who's, they know who's is who's, right? Right. right, right. If it's got cilantro oil and it's got some chilies on it, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's going to be Bobby Flay's dish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I went with that intention of I'm going to replicate his style because it's similar to my style. Okay. And I'm a, I'm a confused the judges. So when I played it, I played it like Bobby. Oh. <laughs> when I used my flavors, the details. I used Bobby's right. flavors. I love so it. they had no idea. I won, I won the round unanimous. Really? They were convinced my food was his food.
0: Wow. So That's amazing. Pretty awesome. Heck Bro, yeah. awesome. Yeah, this is awesome. And I just, I, it's incredible that you're just tucked away in Colorado Springs. And I know you love Colorado Springs. I do, man. It's you beautiful know? down there. So the it, it's down it's down incredible. But, you know, this guy, he's, he's in San Francisco, New York, whatever. He's going to be one of the best chefs in any city he goes to. And Colorado Springs. I well, love good it down for there. them. So it's we're all going to have to make a trip down there. Yeah, time. yeah. <laughs> I'll bring the kids. I'll sure. say the Great Wolf Lodge. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah. It's yeah. gorgeous down there. Sure. It's, hey, it's
2: one of my favorite places to be. Um, you know, when I, when I got to Colorado Springs and I saw – that mountain range yeah. and, and the simplicity of the lifestyle. I was like, you know what? This is where it's at. We have family down there. My wife has uh, her sister and all of our nieces and got nephews it. there. Mm-hmm. I knew there had to be so, another yeah, reason besides yeah. those beautiful mountains. But we're, we're one of those young professionals. We lived in Colorado Springs for, I don't know, four years, got the bug, went to Chicago, went to Texas mm. and, and came back. Yeah. So it took me leaving. Colorado Springs to appreciate Colorado Springs yeah. and now that I've settled and you know, I've invested my time we obviously have businesses down there you know it's my wife and I we, we we own our businesses we don't have partners we make it happen every day so we are ingrained in that community right. and always representing the people of that
1: community let's talk about it. let's talk about Asia for a minute though sorry because yeah. you mentioned too <laughs> you you cooked in and traveled and lived in Asia yeah, what yeah. part what the hell got you to yeah. go over so, there and what'd you learn
2: Um, You know, my my parents were were obsessed with with Asia growing up, especially living in San Francisco, uh, because they had worked in Asia. So uh, when I got older, I got the opportunity to go study. Um, So I I did one program uh, with the Gohan Society. They sent me to Japan with three chefs from New York, and we just traveled around all these Michelin restaurants and worked. And, you know, you get up at four in the morning, you go to the fish market, you go to the vegetable market, you know, in the afternoon, after prep in the morning, you might uh, go to a, a sake factory or go see a miso production facility. So it was a really great experience to, to understand Japanese culture and get to appreciate it because, you know, it's so high level. I mean, right. they commit, yeah. they commit. Um, and as an American, I thought that was really cool because, you know, some of the kitchens I was in, I was the first American to ever step foot in that kitchen, let alone wow, pick up a knife. That right? yeah, no, wow. that's, yeah. that's intimidating. And, uh,
0: were you welcomed?
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's such a respect for culture, yeah. and especially with the program we were associated with. Got it. But, you know, the funny part was I don't speak Japanese, <laughs> right? And yeah. I'm a big dude. I'm standing in the kitchen. Slightly different than English. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> and uh, I would use Google Translator yeah. to, to communicate. So I would type it on my cell phone, and then I would, like, push enter and hold it up and push the audio, except it was this little girl's voice. This little <laughs> Japanese girl's <laughs> voice. So they were yeah, cracking up. <laughs> they were yeah. cracking up. They thought it was so funny yeah. uh, every time I would try to translate something in audio. So I start using images after that. But uh, Japan was great. After that, uh, the Joyce Chen Fund gave me a grant to go study in China. So I worked my way through China and, um, you know, it's always just been a, a big piece of, of, of something I've appreciated and wanted to know more about. And um, It was was cool to, when you work traditional in any culture, you always want to put your own spin on something, right? Right. Mm. right. I'm inspired because right. I, I think that's what American food is. We we use that word a
0: lot. If you if you like walk into Senor Bear, for example, it says Latin inspired. Yeah. You know, so authenticity to me really has more to do with like a, a human interaction uh-huh. than anything. And food, you know, what's authentic? We were talking about this with with Joe uh, Sasto the other day. You know, what the heck does authentic mean? If your father did it this way and your mother did it this way and it's the same dish, yeah. Which one's authentic? You <laughs> know what yeah. I'm saying? Well, and,
2: and think about American culture, right? Right. The only true American cuisine is indigenous people right so we are inspired by many cultures because everybody came here that's right so I think that's something that, that also affected we don't have one specific style because we're influenced by so many people that
0: travel and settle so mm-hmm. it, it definitely makes sense to say inspired so you're heavily inspired by Asian culture how in the, what about Cajun Cajun you know I mean like that uh-huh. is like such a unique and dynamic food culture yeah i mean you know creole yeah
2: yeah when you look at creole you know it's french it's african it's spanish it's native american there's some latin in there there's obviously european right big influence of european um but it's because of the slave trade when you look at how people came in and and how you know we we became a lot of the cooks were trained by french chefs so the Mm -hmm. french chefs could go back to france and now big mama's cooking in the house Mm. right so A lot of our food that we define here as soul food or Cajun Creole food has that storyline of all those cultures blending. Right. right? There's a lot of flavor because it comes from traditional French cooking. But then you get great ingredients coming from Africa, you know, and you see things like like peanuts and sweet potatoes make their way into this into this country through that trade it's 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 a fun it's a fun even something like tamales right tamales were in the field right Mm -hmm. that's not just in mexico that was something
0: that it transported it held heat they would take it into the field i was shocked as i was you know preparing to do these episodes um and you know very conscious of of uh the celebration of the uh african diaspora the which is black history month and you know, I was looking at all the different things from Africa that influenced European food. Mm-hmm. And we own Bardo, which is a modern Italian restaurant, and I'm thinking to myself, I I don't know that I ever really thought about how Africa influenced Italian food. Absolutely. And yeah. when you think about pastries, pistachios, almonds, yes. clove, all the flavors that you get in these incredible pastries those all came from Africa. Then, as I was researching more, you know, and this is an incredible thing, and, and I don't know why it's incredible. To me, it shouldn't be, and this is a problem, I think, that we have, and we can talk more about it afterwards, but, but you know, modern farming practices for rice, in particular, came from Africa mm-hmm. to Europe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we usually think about it the other way around. Yeah. Why is that, you know what I'm yeah. saying? and it's just just really 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 an amazing history over there and it's something i want to learn a lot more
1: uh, i want to learn a lot more about you well, know you, you both just gave me a whole history lesson yeah. i mean that's that's <laughs> unbelievable now i, I do decline the swine so i'm going to need one just the the pineapple I got you can you. make I me got the, you. the you got the, the, chicken wings I got the oh those wings are gone those <laughs> wings are gone you brought you brought the right athlete from the nfl yeah. to eat some chicken wings that's for sure
0: and this is the problem I have. I've got uh, two hundred and seventy-five pound and two hundred and sixty-five pound guys <laughs> on both sides of me. I don't know if I'm going to get any wings. No wings for one. No wings for one. I'm going to take advantage of the pork sandwich. So, yeah, no,
2: it's you know, I'm, I'm a curious person by nature, oh. um, but it's because I don't want to repeat the same mistakes of the past. And I think you need to understand the past. To be able to progress that's right and
0: i think that's super important
2: i love reading uh about history and 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 finding out you know storylines because there's so much education it's even when we create dishes i talk to a lot of these young cooks and they're like oh i'm going to put tarragon with with portobello mushrooms and i'm going to hit it with with some some peppermint and you're like why are you trying to create new flavor profiles if you (laughs) would just look at traditional dishes and say something like a peach melba works then use those flavor profiles. They've already figured it out. Just right. redo re, re yeah. the dish with different yeah. flavors. What are uh, th- I'm
0: looking forward to talking a little bit more about that. When we come back, we do have to take a break. Uh, I'm Juan Padreau with Chef Brother Luck, with Ryan Harris. We do have Daniel Graham that just joined us uh, on Zoom, and we'll be talking to him when we get back, which is pretty exciting. And uh, we also have a special guest, Eric Bradley, from Behind the Rose podcast, uh, who's going to be joining us at anywhere where there's food, Eric, is. So uh, we're going to go off the break, and when we return, uh, I look forward to having a great conversation about Super Bowl, more food, more history, more philanthropy, more community. This is the Modern Eater Show.
2: Hey. What's going on everybody? This is Brother Luck from Lucky Dumpling, 4 by Brother Luck in Colorado Springs, and I am rocking with the Modern Eater. You're watching them, you're tasting them, you're knowing everything there is to know about Colorado.
3: (laughs) Hi, Charlie from Brews Beers here. Our new Belgian Abbey Four Pack is a mixed package of the four core beers made in Abbey and Trappist Breweries in Belgium. So we have a single, a double, a triple, and a quadruple in one package. Now quadruples are the emperors of Belgian Monastery ales. They're dark in color uh, with a dense tan head and alcohol ranging from 8 to 12 percent. So they're pretty strong. Quadruples are very rich and complex with big maltiness, uh, spice, and flavors of raisins, cherries, and plums. Alcohol is apparent in the mouthfeel, but not overwhelming. Uh, even at 10.5% ABV. So the finish is long, complex, and dry, and they're great beers anytime, by themselves, or with hearty foods. Pick up your Abbey Four Pack at either brews location, 67th and Pencos, or at Colfax and York, and at fine liquor stores throughout the Denver metro area. Take home some Belgian-style badassery today.
4: watching The Modern Eater. And now, back to the show. All right, you guys, back to the show. But before we get back to the show and Juan Padro, I want to talk to you about Jeff Rourke and A-Plus Beverage Solutions. If you're a restaurant owner and you need new tap systems going into your restaurant, there's nobody better in the business than Jeff Rourke and A-Plus Beverage Solutions. Give him a call, 720-272-3809. Jeff works with restaurant owners and managers to make their dreams come true. So it's not just the big box store. You're going to put tap system in. No, you're going to talk with Jeff. Jeff is going to say, well, what's your vision? How do you want this to look? Let's do it right. Let's do it right the first time. With over 20 years in the business doing it, Trust me, Punchbowl Social, that company, they send him all over the country to install their tap lines. They do it for a reason. He knows what he's doing. He's the best in the business. It's A-Plus Beverage Solutions. His phone number again is 720-272-3809. One more time, 720-272-3809. Just call Jeff. Now back to the show with Juan Padro.
0: Welcome back to Studio Kitchen Colorado, the home of the Modern Eater. Juan Padro sitting in for Greg Hollenbeck. He's not at the Super Bowl. He is in Florida. <laughs> and I'm here with Ryan Harris, Super Bowl champ, Denver Broncos 2015, analyst for Notre Dame football. I could call you a philanthropist. I think that yeah, is an man. accurate statement, no which I is do. probably what I like <laughs> most about you. I'm here with Chef Brother Luck, incredible chef. Uh, four by Brother Luck, Lucky Dumpling in Colorado Springs. Uh, top Chef contestant, Beat Bobby Flay contestant. We're going to eat some of the stuff that he beat Bobby Flay with, which is pretty exciting. Rob Don Chops. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Daniel Graham, former New England Patriot. I'm a Patriots fan, as you know, so this is a very exciting thing for me. And, uh, you know, I've, I've got to uh, meet and talk to Daniel on several different occasions. But also a Super Bowl champ. How many?
1: One, two
5: no just two of just two, oh, I, was a enough two enough. I was like is
1: it two or is it three <laughs> but he does have the colorado hall of fame jacket he does have one the, the best colorado athletes in
0: colorado history amazing and you're, are you wearing a colorado shirt not a Patriots? patriot shirt? Hey,
1: you know, I oh, a- oh yeah. man yeah hey by the way uh colorado just got to recruit jack lamb from notre dame man maybe he can help uh return colorado back to the daniel graham days of glory you know
5: well, you know, you know, since Ryan invited me on here, you know, I, there's one school that I hate a lot. And it's Notre Dame. <laughs> Don't take it personal, Ryan, but, you know, I got to represent my school. Hey, yeah, I
1: every love. every time, every day, I right. see Daniel Graham. He'd ask me, how's Notre Dame doing? Because he knows he beat Notre Dame back in the day. And he told me, hey, it's a part of the past. He's like walking yeah. in the door. You man, know, I'm the door. not that old, man. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, but, D.G., uh, you've actually played with Tom Brady. What's it like? The days up to the Super Bowl, getting ready and preparing with one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time.
5: Uh, well, you know, it's almost two two different sides, you know, of getting preparation, you know, for the Super Bowl, and you know, you have experience with that, Ryan. You know, first thing you got to take care of all the stuff that doesn't matter on Sunday. You know, you got to make sure your family is straight. You know, the tickets are straight. Getting all that taken care of so that you can focus on you know the game on Sunday and you know just leading up to. Super Bowl Sunday, it it is a nerve-wracking, you know, experience just because you know that everything's on the line. There is no tomorrow. Um, you know, speaking for myself from that first Super Bowl, you just never know if you'll ever get back to this situation. So, yeah. you know, you're just trying to make sure that you're prepared and, um, you know, that you're ready to go on, on that Sunday.
0: I remember... The, the thing I remember most about the two Super Bowls that you played in was against Carolina. You're blocking against one of the greatest uh, defensive ends uh, of our generation, Julius Peppers. And that's talked about uh, you know, as probably the reason why we won that game, uh, the fact that he couldn't get to Brady. What was that like, preparing for a guy like that?
5: Yeah, you know, it, it, was, it was a tough situation. I mean, we all know how good Julius Peppers you know, was, and Um, You know, one thing that, you know, Patriot fans know and a lot of, and just football fans, you know, know and heard the phrase, do your job from Coach Belichick, and, you know, my thing was, whatever I can do to help this team win, I'm going to, you know, go at it and do my best, and one of the assignments for me was, you know, blocking Julius Peppers, and um, it it was a tough assignment, but, you know, when I step on the field, I'm, I'm out to, you know, dominate and, you know, anybody across from me, and I just went out and played my game, and, you know, I was uh, happy to do my job, do my part to help this team get that victory.
1: One of the things that you and I know about winning the Super Bowl, Daniel Graham, is that it starts kind of before that game, you know. And we were talking earlier about the leaps that chefs have to take with food, Uh, at times when you have to put your best out there and take a risk. What do you look at throughout your football career that led you to that moment to be a champion. What leap of faith did you have to take that you were great and you could do amazing things like Block or Julius Peppers?
5: Uh, you know, just you know, put in the hard work, you know, um, on Monday through you know Saturday, and you know, uh, for a lot of folks, who you know, you you want to be successful in anything you do, you know, it's you know, before you get to the game day, I mean, you have to prepare yourself and get everything right, and know what you're doing, and you know getting up to new england i mean i just fell in line with all the bets that we had you know um when i got to new england it was a year after they won their first super bowl so it was already understood how they operated in new england so you know coming in as a rookie it was like you know fall in line and you know see this is how how it is being a professional and this is you know the what it takes to be a winner is there anything
0: to this talk about Brady versus Belichick, and who's responsible for uh, the last 20 years of success in New England. And you know, the way I look at it, you know, you know, I, I didn't play professional sports, I played in college. You know, I, I always felt like team sports were team sports, and the defense was important, and the offense was important, and the special teams are important, and the coaching's important. But is there anything to this like, one-upmanship that people are talking about in the national media?
5: You know uh, this is this topic is, is going to forever be a topic of discussion yeah. and you know in in my opinion um there is no one belichick over brady or brady over belichick you know um everything starts with your head coach and uh you know it, it i realized you know when i was in my last year in new orleans the significance of a head coach not everybody can be a head coach right? and you know people mm-hmm. want to talk about you know is it Brady or is it Belichick well you got to understand that Brady's only on one side of the ball and you know he did everything he could you know to keep our offense rolling um, you know make sure that we are all in the right situation but you know coach Belichick is in charge of the entire team and You know, as you look back at, you know, Brady's career, I mean, it was a few Super Bowls where, you know, that defense really stepped up. So you can't say, you know, it was one or the other that, you know, is, you know, ahead of the other one.
1: You know, one of the things about the Super Bowl games, something's different. It's more physical. I think of the 10 hardest hits I've had in my career, five of them came in that game. Now, I played tight end for a snap in the regular season uh, one year, and I tried at the goal line to try and get through and get on that underneath crossing route. You know what I'm talking about, Daniel Graham. But a lot of people are going to be watching this game. Big tight ends on both teams. What's, in, what's different about the Super Bowl for the tight ends in the game?
5: Uh, well, you know, and, you know, people might say I have a, a biased opinion on this, but, you know, after the quarterback position, you know, in my opinion, the most important position on the field is that tight end you know oh. and if you have you know one big difference you know with the tight end is if you have a tight end like you know Gronk or Kelsey to stay on the field for three down yeah it definitely helps your offense because now you're not tipping to the defense if you're in a run situation or if you're going to pass the ball and you know with those two guys you know, uh, arguably. Number one and number two at the tight end position, they will be by the time you know that their, their careers are over with. Um, they are a mismatch all across that field. You know, um, they're gonna outrun pretty much any linebacker you put on them, and then if you put a safety on them, they're much bigger, so you might as well just throw it up to them. And uh, you know, although Gronk is not the Gronk that we know. In the past, he, he's definitely going to, you know, um, open up that field for the rest of the offense for Tampa Bay. And, you know, Kelsey, he's just going to be himself. He's going he's, he's gonna to eat. He's going to have a big day. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. A lot of football talk. We appreciate that. I know you like to eat.
5: Yes, I do. So,
0: and I've seen you eat. That's why they're se- not receivers. On, on several what's... occasions. And uh, I don't know if you've ever met my friend, Chef Brother Luck here, who's in Colorado Springs. Uh, but this guy right here is one of the best chefs in Colorado, and uh, he does incredible stuff. He's been on Top Chef, he's beaten Bobby Flay, um, you know, and he's doing a little bit of Super Bowl food for us here. I need to understand what are you going to be eating tomorrow?
5: Uh, you know, see, look, you're getting ahead of yourself. You mean on, on Sunday, huh? Oh, <laughs> Sunday. Sunday. Yeah, yeah, Sunday. See, that's a champ. Yeah. yeah, the detail.
0: Well, you know, I know you, so I know it's got 48-hour party
5: for you. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, I'm, I'm going to eat whatever Ryan has sent over to my house. You know? <laughs> that's a, It's payment towards me, you know. No, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to just do some wings, you know. I mean, you can't, you can't beat wings on, on, on Sunday, you know, when you watch the football games. Nothing nothing beats wings.
1: Let, yeah. Last thing for me, Daniel, uh, I remember just being so hungry after the Super Bowl because you don't eat for six and a half hours. What'd you eat after your Super Bowl victories? What was the thing that you got to or, or did you remember saying, "Oh, I'm drinking this or eating this and I'm a Super Bowl champion?"
5: Uh, man, you know what? I don't even remember eating anything after the Super Bowl. It was time to party, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's time you know, pour up the drink, you know, just have a cigar, you know, and, and let's well, celebrate, you know. I what hear we're you're quite the mixologist.
0: About. What's your uh, what's uh, your you drink know, I'll of do, choice? I'll do a you said what? I heard you're quite the mixologist. What's your drink of uh, choice?
5: Oh, uh, you know my, my drink of choice has never changed for about the last 20 years. You know, if, uh, you know, with my wings on Sunday, I'm gonna pour up a little nice uh, cup of uh, cognac, some Hennessy, and you know that that's what I like to do. You put know, a little uh, on on ice or neat. You you know I'm I'm gonna put a little bit up on ice. You know, uh, you know since since Ryan asked me to come on here, you know big time. You know, <laughs> I, I thought I. I thought I'd, you know, have a little bit of, you know, this pure white. Oh, that cool. there right there is international. <laughs> you know, but I'm, I'm going to go ahead and pull out the big dog. You know, the pair of these, my favorite. Oh, right. so, so, yeah. You know, got to have the good stuff since uh, I'm on here with you guys.
0: <laughs> well, that's awesome. Well, we got to go to break. Uh, you know, man, Daniel, it's incredible to have you here. I appreciate it so much. Um, you know, it's just it's uh, you know, I I've, I've had an opportunity to meet you. You're an incredibly uh, generous person and thanks for coming on the show and uh I hope you enjoy your Super Bowl weekend and it brings back a lot of positive memories for you. And I uh, hope to see you soon around town, man.
5: So, thank oh, you You know, I appreciate it. And uh, I, I'm looking forward to coming down to the chef's restaurant. I am not to stop by there and yeah. see what you're really about. Oh, <laughs> you know what? I think, I think we're going to make one big
0: trip. Yeah. And uh, okay. R- Ryan can designate a drive. Yeah. Uh, leave the I, belts you, at you, home. Just you, leave your belts <laughs> at home. That's it. No, no belts. Stretchy pants. <laughs> yeah. Stretchy pants. Hey, All right. Hey, got to go to break.
4: Hey, Juan, I know we're going to break. But before I, I have to take this opportunity, this is Jay, producer Jay over in the corner, because Daniel and I have something in common, and he doesn't know it, and nobody knows it, but I want to share it with you right now. you guys ready for this? We're ready. No, we, bo- we both run a 4640.
1: Don't get out of here. Just, just, so, just, so, <laughs> you <know. laughs> just so you know. <laughs> 40 yards, 40 feet. <laughs> You're out here 40. lying to people on your Wikipedia, Daniel. <laughs> 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 know, it's it's unbelievable know. that he doesn't
0: believe you, and he believes him.
1: It's <laughs> <laughs> <This was> really <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah, that's what I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, we now, do have that in common,
5: and I think all you all right. are, You shorted me a few seconds. (laughs) 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 <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. Well, we're going to go to break here from Studio Kitchen Colorado and the Modern Eater. I'm Juan Padro with Ryan Harris, Brother Luck, Daniel Graham, Eric Bradley. We will be right back to eat this incredible food by Brother Luck. Yeah. This is gun. We're going to eat all this. We're going yeah. we to talk
2: chicken wings. we got to talk chicken wings now. Yeah,
0: we'll, yeah <laughs> when we get back. Daniel, feel free to stick around. We'd love to have you if you want to talk wings. Hey, guys. Alex, Armstrong.
2: All, right, all right. Appreciate it.
3: Glendale. You want a Bloody
2: Mary. You want a cheeseburger. You want a breakfast burrito. Greek salad. Bacon gyro meat. Chicken suvada. Barbecue ranch salad, we got you covered. Come down and see us one more time. Try it again. Hey guys, Alex Armitas over here at Sam's number three Glendale. Now get your ass to themoderneater.com.
3: Thank you so much.
6: We started Meridium Spirits because we love the way that spirits and cocktails can bring people together to socialize, to bond, to have conversations. Well, right now we've got some big conversations to have. Coop Vodka and Coop Gin are available at liquor stores across the metro area, but if you can't find us or would like to have us behind your bar or at your restaurant, send us an email, info at meridiumspirits.com. We know things are a little different these days, but think of us the next time you're planning a virtual happy hour or a socially distant picnic. And keep an eye on our social media, Coop by Meridium, for all the latest and greatest.
0: Hey guys, it's Caroline Glover. I'm the chef owner of Annette out at Stanley Marketplace. Citrus is about to be in its prime. I just want to thank everybody for showing so much support to small local restaurants in this really hard time and you're watching the Modern
6: Eater show. (laughs) I'm fine with that.
4: Back to the show in just a second, you guys, with uh, no big deal, but some Hall of Fame, uh, you know, uh, Super Bowl winning football players. uh, That's what it is. But I want to talk to you right now about the Emily Griffith Culinary Quick Start. And it's a free course. It's three weeks long. And they teach you the fundamentals of what you need to jump into the workforce. If you're looking for a culinary career, the Emily Griffith Culinary Quick Start is a great place to start. Just go to themoderneater.com, click on the Emily Griffith uh, Culinary Quick Start tab. The sign-up pops up, you sign it up, it sends it off, and you get in. And and it's awesome. It's real easy. And again, it's the right price. It doesn't cost you anything. How could you turn that down if you're somebody in, that's looking for a job in the in the restaurant business? Juan, you have a few restaurants. Brother Luck has a few restaurants. I, Juan, wouldn't you like somebody to have a little bit of at least a little bit of formal training when when you when you onboard them?
0: Yeah. You know, when I talk to chefs and I say, hey, you know, what's what's the most important thing to be successful? It, it does begin with your passion and your desire to learn and your work ethic um... and you know your ability to be intellectually curious um, but you have to have some basic skills and uh... and the emily griffith school provides those basic skills something like a basic knife skill um, and you know we actually have two kids from emily griffith uh... staging at mister rosso today that's just pretty crazy so um, and you know we want to take some of these young kids and um, and work with them and, and get them going into a really cool culinary career and. Uh, brother, I know that you uh, are a big believer in training and, and, educating, and education, so I imagine this is important for you, too. Yeah. Cool. So, welcome back to Studio Kitchen Colorado, home of the Modern Eater. This is Juan Padro in for Greg Hollenbeck with Chef Brother Luck, Ryan Harris, Eric Bradley. Why don't you come in here because we're going to be eating some food. We yeah. do have a poll question before we get going. This is like an age-old debate. If you have to give up one food, pizza or wings, for the Super Bowl, what are you going to give up?
4: You know what the count's at right now? You won't believe it. What is it? 50-50.
0: 50-50. It's 50 Well, Ryan? No. Pizza, sorry.
1: Eric? Pizza,
2: no. I'm not. I'm not giving up chicken. Pizza no. <laughs> gone. So now there's four, four, four votes
0: for wings. Partly because we're staring at these incredible <laughs> wings that brother made, and by the way, he's bigger than me, and if I said pizza, I don't know what would happen. <laughs> so, anyways, w- Eric Bradley, welcome, uh, behind the rows, good to see you, brother. Good to see you, thanks, All man. All right, man, and when there's food, Eric's going to be around for sure. Um, so, for those of you who don't know Eric, uh, he's represented uh, uh, NFL athletes and country music and... The Bachelor guys and marketing gigs, and he's got behind the rose podcast, which is syndicated now and picked up. Where can they hear that?
3: Uh, everywhere you can stream Spotify, Apple,
0: um, iHeart, everywhere. Yeah, it's kind of taken off like wildfire. So that's pretty. Uh, that's pretty incredible. So, but we had to bring you in because I knew that when brother was going to come up and cook, it wasn't <laughs> going to be for two. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, brother, talk to us, man. Talk to yeah. us about these wings. No,
2: absolutely. You know, I I think chicken wings are. Uh, a staple when it comes to Super Bowl. And, and I think there's a lot of different recipes and approaches and, and ways that people make them. But, you know, this is my standard style of, of how I do my wings. Now, I grew up with, you know, my aunties or my mom frying that chicken in a cast iron. and It takes forever and it bleeds forever. And then you get into the center and it's like that one piece of bone that's red <laughs> and you're like, man, I just... Uh can't get past it. <laughs> but it was delicious fried chicken. You know, for me, I actually like to poach my chicken first. Okay. Oh. So I make a really nice bouillon of, of carrots and celery and onion and herbs, and then I poach that chicken until it's nice and tender, right? It's starting to, to just, just before it falls off the bone. Now I take it out, I cool it down, I get it nice and cold, then I soak it in the buttermilk. Mm-hmm. So I get all that acid Nicer. in there, yeah. let that go overnight. So when I toss it in my seasoned flour, and drop it in that hot oil, I'm gonna get the crust, I'm gonna get the crunch, I know it's extremely tender, I've infused a lot of flavor into the wing and I'm sure it's done at that point. So now it's just about
0: finishing them and putting together a great sauce. All right, for our our home cooks out there, Talk to us about the poaching. Yeah, yeah. So a so.
2: poach is a simple, simple technique. What you're going to do is instead, instead of bringing your water to a boil, you're going to bring it to the point where it does not break the surface, right? A boil is rapidly moving. The, the poach is just going to kind of sit there and chill. That's about 180 degrees. So we want to get it to that temperature and allow the chicken just to kind of do its thing, because you're going to take it to 165 degrees. So you're just going to let it poach nice and slow. Let it do its thing, walk away taste that Cavazier, come back, <laughs> and then you got some chicken wings that you can cool down.
0: Are you, okay, so when you take it out of the, the, the liquid, are uh-huh. you letting the chicken cool down before you bread? Yeah, so I,
2: I like to let them sit in there, make sure that they're, they've soaked up that juice. Uh-huh. And then I take them out, I drain them out, I save the stock because that's what I use to make my gumbos, my soups, all that other good stuff. But that, that chicken now, I'll lay down on a tray and allow it to cool in the, in the, in the fridge. So before I put it into the buttermilk, it's cool, cold completely. Then it soaks and that picks that up and then it gives me a great crust. So it's a unique way that I've, I've started doing my wings over the last few years. And this maple wing is a, is a perfect example of that.
0: I think people just get super lazy and throw wings in a fryer sometimes. And not yeah. that they're not delicious. Yeah. Yeah. They totally are delicious. Sauces <laughs> are really good, all that stuff. But recently uh, I've had confit wings, uh-huh. which are incredible, yeah. you know, basically cooking in its own fat. Uh, and now I can't wait. I, I, don't, I don't know that I've had chicken wings that were poached first, but I think we're gonna, you know, I'm, I'm pretty excited about this. So there's different ways of doing things. We talked about that earlier. I, I got to stop talking. Let's eat. Yeah,
2: yeah absolutely. Yeah. So what we've done is we've uh, taken this nice and crispy. Uh, we then toss it in some maple, some butter. Uh, we made a house scorpion hot sauce. If you want to use your Franks at home, you want to use your Cholula, your Tabasco, your Louisiana, whatever you want to put in there, use the hot sauce. Toss all that together, and you get a beautiful glaze on there. So feel free. Dig in. I also made a nice charred pineapple salsa. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I love eating fresh yeah, ingredients like choice. that. Get in. uh, when yeah. you throw that cotea in there, it's salty. It's something delicious. Uh, really stands out. Uh, it's a different twist on a coleslaw. Wow,
0: maple. Isn't that crazy?
2: Mm-hmm. I'm telling you. You know, I made, I made these for another Bronco uh, favorite, Ross Smith. Yeah. And he went live from the restaurant eating these wings. And uh, I, I sold out for, like, the next month. <laughs> Dude, the, so <laughs> the chicken, as you mentioned,
1: the chicken feels so tender. It's, it's tender, cold, yeah. Man. So the yeah. scorpion sauce is not going to put me in the... No, no. Nah,
2: nah, you know, we balance it. We balance yeah. it. And everything's about, you know, the right amount of vinegar, the right amount of fruit component to work Ooh. with it. Um, but yeah, see what I'm saying? You know, I, I love a wing that just, it, mm. it doesn't fall completely apart. But it's definitely tender. you fighting it. You're yes, fighting yes. It. And I do this with my fried chicken as well when I'm working with a whole bird, an eight-way bird.
0: This tastes a lot like fried, like uh, almost like a buttermilk fried chicken. Yes, no. yes. No. And there's yeah. some great really techniques.
2: You know, I, I work with my, my buddy Chris Scott from Top Chef. uh makes the best fried chicken I've ever had in my life. And he does a <coughs> lemonade brine, uh, Kool-Aid brine uh, yeah, uh, chicken. No yeah. And that, that is just one of my idea. favorites. So, you know, definitely a fun twist on it.
0: Yeah, that's incredible. Ryan. Mm. How you doing? I know you got a mouthful. Yeah, he took the bowl. I know. <laughs> anyway, It just slips right in, man. You all good, man. It's delicious. Eric, you've had a lot of wings because I know this because I've eaten a lot of wings with you. Sure. Yeah. I haven't
1: met a wing I have not liked. <laughs> and that one,
3: this is a whole other level.
1: Yeah. This is phenomenal. Yeah. Tell me about really the, the presentation though. I mean, Juan, I know you know this too, but yep. you know, someone like me, I'm an amateur with a small A, uh-huh. right? In the kitchen. But everything you guys do, it, it looks delicious, the I way you present it. How I mean, you stack the rings vertically? Uh-huh. Most people would do it around. Give me some people just now, a couple of quick Now, tips. here's
2: the thing I think most people don't realize, like, and at least for me, when I went to culinary school, it was mandatory to take art history. Really? Is that so, right? Yeah. I yeah. I know that. So you had to actually think about color hues and you had to think about different landscapes and structures and how things were built high in volume. So when I plate, I always think about the visual, because you're going to eat with your eyes first. And then you're going to get into the taste last. So you've got to be thinking about those sensories before you actually get to it. So I love the visual because you're eating with your eyes.
0: Yeah, I think that's important how the food looks and stuff like that. Eric, you take athletes, cli- you know, any clients. I know you work with people across the spectrum. But when I met you, uh, the majority of the time it was, hey, I'm coming in with Derek Wolf or I'm coming in with... Louis Vasquez or coming in with some some athlete from somewhere how do you choose where you take these guys because I imagine they're kind of picky I know Ryan is no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean lots of
3: times it's just you know going to your family spots you know right which are mostly your restaurant right? so <laughs> <laughs> you know you're going to get through right
0: yeah.
1: uh,
3: great and bring the best food possible and you yeah, know you got to make it real simple for everybody so once we get there you know we're, we're treated like family I mean most of the time you go above and, and beyond and uh, that's, that's pretty much
0: I it. imagine there's, like, a lot of awkwardness. And, and, Ryan, you can comment on this, too, when you're an athlete and you're going into a restaurant and people are kind of staring at you and doing those types of things. How
1: do, like, I mean, what is that? I don't, I don't know what that feels like. You <laughs> might be on tough chef. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, I mean... The thing you want at the end of the day is you just want to be treated as a hungry human being. Right? <laughs> and, then, and so sometimes restaurants will be like, hey, you know, can you sign this autograph? Can you meet these people? And, and it's great to do that. Right? Because like you mentioned before, you get to restore with a restaurant. And restaurants are tied to communities like yours are. And also, at the end of, at the end of the day, I'm coming down from trying to rip a man's head off. I just want to eat in peace. So <laughs> great restaurants, I think, just honor people's space to eat and, and privacy to do that. And, uh, and that's one of the things that you do find those spots where you know you're going to be safe. You know you're not going to get a picture of you mouth open on some <laughs> chicken wings, you know. And that is important because you just want to be, be able to eat in peace. Right, right. We're kicking back that yak. Yeah, you know? doing hey, what hey, whatever, hey, whatever floats your boat. After the win, <laughs> do whatever you need, man.
0: I know this guy's not. That's for sure. <laughs> so,
1: yeah. I've only fangirled
2: out once on an athlete in my restaurant. Only once, and it is because it was a childhood yeah. hero, but but Barry Bonds came and ate my restaurant. Uh-huh. Wow. And I was like No, that's not really his reservation. (laughs) But he cycles down in Colorado Springs because, you know, we have the cycles. Oh, oh, the bicycle cycles. I thought you, yes, okay. So we have a lot of uh,
1: Olympic athletes down there being Olympic City. Freudian slip. (laughs) (laughs) But I did that same thing with Lance Armstrong, you know. I was actually in in a spot and, and everybody's like, you know, coming up to me and some of the other people. I'm like, man, you know. It's kind of strange when people do that to some Lance, Lance Armstrong. You know, it just it, there are those there are those you know yeah, athletes, yeah. actors, actresses that you just gotta say hi, and that's yeah. what those are cool moments as well. Yeah, and he was so
2: gracious. He came in the kitchen. He said hi to the whole staff. You know, he's a he's a big time foodie. So he works with Michael, Michael Mina. He has a lot of projects with him. So it was actually really cool. Uh, and I just happened to have a pot of gumbo working in my kitchen at that moment, so I was able to kind of share some of the family recipe and you know I had made it for staff meal that day so it's always something cool to be able to tell that story of you know what the food translates into the experience because it sometimes has the ability to to make it even more, make it more.
0: I want to talk about the table, kitchen table, and we're all sitting around the kitchen table. And I'm going to bring it back to Black History Month again, and I want, I want brother and, and Ryan, I want you guys to comment on this. You know, what do you tell a young black man who's coming up, I know we talked a little bit about it earlier, uh, whether you want, it, you want to be an aspiring chef, whether or not you want to be an athlete, whether or not you want to be an educator, no matter what. Um, what's the message that you're giving, the one piece of advice that you say, hey, this is what you have to do to be successful? Um, And then I'm going to follow that up with a question is, how can myself uh, as a restaurateur, and brother, you can probably uh, either chime in or probably get some good advice too from Ryan on this, is what can we as restaurateurs do uh, to help bring this conversation to the forefront about providing opportunity? Because you talked a ton about opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, what are we got to do to, to, to get this thing going? Because, you know, I, there's something that's not working in our country right now, and I feel like food is what's going to bring us together.
6: mm
1: mm-hmm. 100%. I mean, food, they, they actually have clinical studies that show when you eat with strangers, your brain builds neural pathways that makes them like family to you. So even just being able to sit together and have a meal, whatever it is you're eating, you're already coming together and coming closer. You know, we could do that. Mm-hmm. I love when restaurants have the community tables, right? No reservations. Sit down next to somebody you can eat. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and to begin your question, though, black history, uh, we are born to take risks. And if you can take risks and be successful and your success and can serve the community you're in, that's winning. And that's what I would start with.
2: Hmm. Yeah. You know, and I, I think don't be afraid to try something outside of your comfort zone because the, the world is such a large place. And, and when you get to experience different things, say yes. Yeah. Because it's gonna open doors for you. It's gonna open experiences. It's gonna change your mindset and and it's really going to continue to to enhance your ability to perform and, 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 and uh, uh, really camouflage yourself into situations.
0: What is the experiences that you've had in your life? Like, you know, I mean, how has that helped you like mature mentally? Like in terms of like how you perceive certain things? Has it given uh-huh. you a broader spectrum of acceptance? Has it like, what, what are the, what's the biggest thing?
2: Yeah, you know, where, 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 where I come from, how I was raised, I grew up real early. Uh-huh. And, and I've, I've carried that my entire life. So I've always, ro- I've always been around people who are much older than me and, and have given me knowledge. And it's, it's just kind of shaped my mentality to continue to pass that on. I know my responsibility is to get in the door because I get access. Much mm-hmm. faster, and open the door, mm-hmm. and open the window, and open the basement, and bring everybody along. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think that's one of the most important parts is just inclusion. You know, mm-hmm. making sure that you know we're not fighting with each other, that we're opening doors for each other.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Awesome, Ryan. Growing up in Minneapolis, yes.
1: Yeah, St. Paul, Minneapolis. St.
0: Paul, yeah. Minneapolis. You went to Creighton Durham High School, which is like a legendary high school football program. Yeah. Uh, I kind of think there's a few other guys that kind of came out of there when you were coming yep. out, right? Yep. There was another Brady maybe. Michael Floyd,
1: maybe. and uh, you know, I played with Joe Mauer, uh, mm-hmm. hopefully soon to be Hall of Fame baseball player and uh, a lot of greats. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A lot of great talent.
0: How'd you choose Notre Dame?
1: Uh, you know, I originally wanted to go to Miami, and my parents were like, "No." You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, Miami <laughs> took a seventeen-year-old Minnesotan and brought him to the beach in the, in the end of November, and I was like, "I'm well, they coming." Had, they no, had a lot there. of success recruiting at yeah, there. And If and I they, remember,
0: a lot of quarterbacks went there. Yeah, and, from, and they had yeah. just
1: won the national championship. So this yeah. is my, you know, I graduated 2003, and uh, I'll never forget sitting there with Larry Coker, and he's like, "Hey, you know, these rings are a seven-seater. You can see him from seven seats away." So I like, man, I need a 10-seater sometime, and I think, I think we got one, you know. <laughs> uh, but Notre Dame gave me the opportunity to compete on the field and in the classroom. I mean, I was playing Michigan and USC, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I was going to play Michigan State, and I was going to play Boston College. So at the end of the day, in my four years, there wouldn't be an opportunity for me to say, well, we kind of hid from the best competition. But I also want to take that beyond the field, right, because they got a lot out of me playing football at Notre Dame. I wanted to get the most out of my education, and Notre mm. Dame gave me the best opportunity to do both. And there's no South Beach in South Bend, Indiana, so no. I was safe in, in just St. Mary's Community College. Yeah, yeah. And, and I and I now travel, you know, to, to Florida to to vacation. So Notre Dame was the best decision of my life, and it really opened me up. You know, much like uh, I'm sure new kitchens do for you guys. I mean, it opens you up to a whole new wave of people you would never have met mm-hmm. and mentioned. I didn't know they had BMWs without tinted windows until I went to college, you know, and that's just <laughs> the car their parents got them. So uh, I got to learn about a, a way of life that totally different from mine and also was equipped with the tools to succeed yeah. on and off the field.
0: Eric, I know you kicked and scratched your way up to being what, you're, what you are now. And I've known you for 20 years or so got to be it's a yeah roughly 20 roughly years so uh, just seeing all the things that you've been able to accomplish typically this week you're at the Super Bowl. I think you've been at the Super Bowl uh, yeah, so every single year that I've known you. Yeah, so, so what is this like? Is this a weird thing? It's very
1: different, I'm sure for you as well. Yeah. I mean it's normally nice. like <laughs> like you know you're looking at the food, you know we're sampling food and like one of my favorite nights down there is the Tuesday night media party because yeah. normally it's
3: the host city you get the host you get to host the uh, they host the local cuisine yeah. everywhere from around there but it's like thinking about it this week it's like what is Tampa's local you know? cuisine. local cuisine
0: I posed that question on Facebook and I think I got like 20 I mean people were like fried grouper mm-hmm. Cuban sandwiches yeah, yeah. Uh, and they're like barbecue and I'm like I do not th- what Barbecue in Tampa. (laughs) (laughs) Barbecue gator. Yeah, people are saying gator. I'm like, yeah, I'll eat some gator. So, yeah, I mean, food's part of everything. But, yeah, Tampa's definitely not known for that. Hopefully, uh, you know, Brady can uh, stick around there for another year or two and and bring some sort of football culture down there. They have one, though, right? Didn't they win in 2002 with Warren Sapp? Yep. Uh, Yep. Yeah. Grant Brad, Brad
1: Johnson. Yep. Gruden was, wasn't
0: Gruden the coach? Gruden yep. Was the coach? Yeah. Yeah. Was yeah. Gruden was the coach, and uh, Brad Johnson was the quarterback. He yeah. didn't he yeah. play for the Vikings? He did play for the Vikings. Yeah. Yep.
1: And he did not win a Super Bowl with the Vikings. So yeah, we were like, we're gonna do it again. Yeah. You know.
0: Yeah. Well, that's amazing. Well, listen, man, this food is absolutely incredible. Um, I'm going to dive into these pork sliders here when we go to break, which we're going to do uh, right now. And uh, when we come back, uh, I'm going to wrap up with Ryan uh, and brother. And uh, Eric, it's great to have you here, man. I Thanks always love having you around. I'm, looking to, I'm all looking forward to this game tomorrow. Um, Sunday. I keep saying tomorrow I know isn't there some isn't there something tomorrow isn't there something tomorrow all right well we're gonna head off the break from Studio Kitchen Colorado and this is the Modern Eater
2: hi I'm Amber with Strohauer Farms and I'm just here to remind you that the best potatoes are grown here in Colorado goodness elevated thanks for watching the Modern Eater show
7: and then we tell them, we will take it all. Process whole spices daily, blend custom spices to order, keep it fresh, safe, and flavorful, all so that you can get back to doing what you do best. So whether you're a restaurant, a food manufacturer, or an at-home cook, be sure to visit The Spice Guy at www.thespiceguyco.com.
3: Hey, Modern Eater fans. I'm Don Trobo with The Annex by Ardent Mills, and I just wanted to give you a heads up about some of the great things we've got going on locally in the state. We're headquartered right here, and we're working with farmers in the San Luis Valley to bring you amazing Colorado quinoa. It's just like the South American stuff, but grown locally. We've got transitional wheat flour that's grown by farmers in Colorado and surrounding states who are in the process of, of turning their fields into organic. So we're taking that transitional wheat and turning into flour, and now it's available for you to cook and bake with. And last but not least, we're now cleaning grain berries in Denver. So things like spelt or wheat berries uh, or pearl barley, those are things that we're now doing right here locally and are available to you. Can't wait to share it with you. (laughs) Hi, I'm Jeff Nations from Aspen Baking Company. It's really important right now to support local. That's why I support the modern eater. Now, back to the show.
4: All right, back to the show in just a second, but before that, it's my favorite time of the show, and it may sound crazy because I'm not eating and I'm not doing anything, but talking about Aspen Baking and Aspen Baking Bread, man, I don't know what you're into, but I'm into bread. AspenBaking.com, that's where you go to find the freshest bread in the city since 1994. Our buddy Jeff has been baking the freshest bread, aspenbaking.com. You know what you're going to find when you go to aspenbaking.com? You're going to find lobster rolls, coffee cakes, uh, crab cakes, sourdough bowl. If you get a sourdough bowl, you cut the top, that whole thing, you fill it full of uh, any soup, any clam chowder, anything delicious, and it just knocks your socks off. You know what you're not going to find? You're not going to find chemicals. You're not going to find artificial coloring. They're not going to freeze your bread. Are you aware that some bakeries freeze your bread before you get it? They do, but AspenBaking.com does not. You want to know why? Because they do it the right way, and they've been doing it for a long, long time. So I say go to AspenBaking.com and
0: get some bread today, and now back to Juan Padro and the show. Welcome back to Studio Kitchen Colorado, home of the Modern Eater. I'm Juan Padro, sitting in for Greg Hollenbeck. Uh, hanging out with two incredible human beings three Eric Bradley Ryan Harris brother luck uh, guys this is a really 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 fun show this food brother is uh, is Woo. incredible uh, Ryan I'm going to I'm going to scoop some of this up for you right yeah. now because you, I know you don't eat pork
1: that was the best chicken wing meat I've ever had you know what I'm Fall saying it off was just, the bone. that was an, ex- <laughs> that there, was you're an experience
0: go spoon. you know all right boys Super Bowl predictions Brother, who do you got? Uh, It's going to be a good game. You know, I I think
2: uh, you've got two phenomenal teams, two different points to prove. Uh, There's a lot of experience, so I'm going to have to go with Tampa Bay. What do you got for a score? Uh, I'd like to see uh, 24-27.
0: I, I want to see, see a close which game. Is, which, which is crazy to me that today at twenty we're thinking of him
1: as a defense bat. Yeah, 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 <laughs> right? that's a defensive game. That's yeah. a defensive game. Ryan, who do you got? I got Tampa Bay, 31-28. I think uh, the left tackle for Kansas City, uh, he's been out after the injury to his Achilles, Eric Fisher. The guy who's going to be playing is named Mike Rimmers. You'll remember him from every single Von Miller highlight of Super Bowl 50. And so Mike Rimmers is going to be playing against Shaq, uh, against Barrett. Shaq Barrett, who also won Super Bowl 50. and. These guys have books on each other. So, you know, they're yeah. going to say, hey, this move works against him. This move works. I really think that's going to be something that dictates the game. So, Tampa Bay 31, Kansas City 28.
0: Eric Bradley, I know you're not on camera, but that's all right. Who do you got? I want to say
7: Tampa
0: Bay 31-24. 31-24. Yeah. You just well, they're right tackles out, too, I think. Yeah. Well, they've so they've both had
6: two tackles, tackles out for right. the year. Yeah. So,
0: for me. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. And yeah, yep. th-
0: that's a problem, and the safeties are back for Tampa Bay. Yep, safeties. Yeah, track. so that's Winfield a big that's a big difference. So for me, uh, I'm going to say Tampa Bay. I'm going to say 38, 35. Uh, I just don't see Patrick Mahomes getting stuck in the 20s. I think he is a phenomenal talent. Um and you know as fat as you know I was at the Saints and Tampa Bay game and it, it, it was just such a fast defense their yeah. linebackers are playing great I think that's something that people aren't talking about I think their linebackers I think they're gonna try to take away Kelsey and see and, and, and uh, you know they'll give up some points to the wide receivers but I think you got to take Kelsey away and yep. and uh, and you know what. Tom Brady, win or lose, he's the goat. But uh, you know, I, I learned a long time ago, you just never bet against Tom Brady. So, ask the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> this is, uh, <laughs> so, we're gonna take one more commercial break, uh, and then we're gonna we're gonna uh, uh, go into my piece where Juan eats. So it's the third episode of that, uh, where we'll be at the uh, at the Zeppelin Station uh, with Tycoon. Uh, and, uh, and Soy Pinoy, so Tycoon is a, a, a Thai uh, restaurant, Thai street food, and Soy Pinoy is uh, Filipino comfort food, and I'm super excited to, to share with you what those guys are doing over there. Uh, time to take a break, and when hey. we get back, we'll go right into that segment. Well, hold
4: on a second, Juan. Before we go into break, are you going to ask me about my Super Bowl picks, or <laughs> do, I, do, do I not count in this because you're standing you know, next Jay? to Ryan Harris? Jay. Yes.
0: I'm sorry. (laughs) That's all right. I would give you a hug if you were closer. What what was the question now? (laughs) Uh, Super Bowl prediction. Jay Parker. Okay, who's playing? All the marbles. (laughs) Who's Who's playing? It's Tampa Bay and Kansas City. Is that New England
4: (laughs) versus? Um, You know, just because everybody picked Brady, and how could you uh, obviously go against Brady? I'm going to do it just because somebody's got to say uh, uh, wait who did everybody say Tampa, Tampa Bay, Bay right everybody. okay i'm going to say Kansas City i mean you know why what's, not somebody's got to say it what's your score what's your score uh 4498 let's say uh, <laughs> you know let's say uh, I'll st- uh, let's say i'm going to say uh, 3117 uh, Whoa! Oh. Well, obviously Brady's I Brady's gonna I, get held to seven.
0: Why are you get held to thirteen? Hey, by the and, man? listen, hey. I,
4: and I don't want to. Somebody will be watching this you show. You must be and, a big Chris
0: Jones and, <laughs> fan. And, and That's lose, the only way that And happens. Lose
4: ten thousand dollars and then blame me that like I was actually right, yes. but any, I was just giving you a hard time. But we are gonna watch your uh, where Juan eats and uh, and
2: I and I, I think just before you cut to that, I just gotta say congrats, man, for holding it down while Greg's been out. You've done a phenomenal job this Thank week. You. So yeah. awesome Good. job in hosting. I this I appreciate week. that. Thank you. I'm a rookie, brother. So. Thanks for not hazing me too much. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know you way. guys are pros in
0: front of the camera. <laughs> 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 All right. Time to go to break from Studio Kitchen Colorado and The Modern Eater. Hey, everybody. Juan Padreau with my best friend Kendra Anderson. And this is Where
7: Juan Eats. Hey, Juan. Hey, Kendra. How's it going? Hey. What's up, Paul? Hey. How's it going? It's good to see you, man. Good, good. How's What's it happening? going? Welcome.
6: Good to see you, good to see uh, you. I'll I just test yeah. whatever yep. bump.
0: Yep. So we are at uh, really a dual concept. Uh, we're at Tycoon, uh, which is Thai street food, and Soy Pinoy, which is Filipino comfort food. And listen, this is some of the best food that I've had in a very long time. And uh, this is one of the best chefs that I've ever met in my life. So this is Paul Key.
7: And what are we going to cook today, man? Oh, man. So we got a couple of dishes for you guys to try today. So um, I was going to cook you uh, some Thai street food as well as some Filipino comfort food. For, nice. the, for the Thai food, I was going to cook a dish we call the wa- our waterfall por- pork. Mm-hmm. It's probably the second spiciest dish on the menu. But it, it's like it's the kind of spice that makes you want to crave more.
0: What is, what is waterfall pork? Like where does um, that come from?
7: So, uh, the term comes from essentially, uh, I guess the amount of tears you shed cause it's so hot.
6: <laughs>
7: good know. Oh, good to know. This could be challenged. Yeah. Uh-oh. But, but it's paired with a lot of light and fresh like vegetables so that it, 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 it cuts that spice a That's little
6: bit. Okay. Yeah. Who brought uh, the bottle of Riesling?
7: Uh oh, I know. Swirl girl. <laughs>
6: stop, stop.
0: Okay. All right. Well, let's get going. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to get on the other side of you cool. here and just show us what's going down.
7: Sounds good. So I got a little bit of pork shoulder. Just going to season it with some salt. And basically, I'm just going to throw it on our on our grill. So I moved the coals around a little bit already. OK, so you, earlier. Got, you have charcoal. Yeah, I got charcoal. charcoal yeah, okay. to get that that flavor. All right. So I always put a little bit of fat. This is butter. Uh, oh, no, that just, that, that's just, like, a, a little bit of oil, so it just doesn't stick oil, too much. Oil, okay, yeah. got it. So, and then I'll always season on the second side. Sweet. Yep. So while we uh, have that going, uh, we're actually going to cook you guys... Um, uh, comfort uh, Filipino food as well. Yeah, so, so Filipino food. Where's the inspiration come from there? Um, so uh, I'm actually uh, three quarters Filipino, uh-huh. um, and it, it's weird because I'm not known for Filipino cuisine. Right. But uh, as I got older as a chef, I started to crave something that my uh, like that that I grew up with. So like what yeah. my grandmother and my mom made and stuff like that. Have you like been that. to the Philippines? Yeah, actually I was born there. Okay. I, I moved when I was ten. Okay. So yeah.
0: Yeah that's what I feel I'm half Puerto Rican and when I go on that island I have a different feeling a different sense and I yeah. and I and I crave that food I crave like the comfort food—the rice, the beans, yep. the patenil—and and I know Filipinos cook very similar. It's to very Puerto similar. Rico, so, I mean, yeah. we're still
7: a colonized—we uh, yeah. were—we were a colonized country, so yeah. we have heavy Spanish influence. Right. So the, the dish we're actually going to make for you guys to try is uh, pork adobo fried rice. Nice
0: oh, adobo, yeah. which yeah. is something I'm
7: super familiar with. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but
0: the fried rice we don't do in Puerto Rico. So yeah. let's go. Let's get at yeah. it. Yeah.
7: So, so a little history in that dish actually. So generally, yeah. when your mom makes you adobo in the Philippines, uh-huh. like you'll eat it for like like almost a week, depending on, you know, like it's a one pot dish. That's easy for moms to cook. But at the same time, you know, like you gotta keep your family interested. Right. Right. So, um, the, the fried rice came about by basically cooking old rice with the leftover adobo, right? So, like, generally what you cook the, the, the adobo is it rice... Crispy? It's crispy. So okay. we took all the crispy bits, yeah. essentially, from... So we from call it Pagao. Oh, okay. call, yeah. That's exactly what we're, we're going to put into the fried rice. Amazing. Yep. So, so, cool. So what's going on over here? Yep. I'm going to let Chef over here. He's a little bit better at the walk than I am. So, like, I'm going to let him do, like, the, the money shots on it. Awesome. So So we're going to start off with, we always start off with rice. So what we do with the rice is that we take our old rice and then we spread it out on the sheet tray overnight. Okay. So we leave it in large clumps so that you don't break the rice grain. That's right. So in the morning, before it gets on the station, they all break it up to where there's no clumps. Right, you know what you want is That's no big difference the
0: between I think a lot of Asian rice yep. and Latin rice. So is that Spanish? Is that like a Latin influence? Or?
7: Um, a, a, a little bit, but I mean, like for me, this is um essentially the best way to do fried rice because okay. how I judge the fried rice is how how, uh, how independent the grains are. So if they're all clumped up together, that means that there was no thought put into the fried rice, but when it's broken up right, it, it, it eats almost like a, fresh is rice. Is that a
0: medium grain white rice? Uh, this is jasmine rice. That's jasmine yeah. rice. Okay. We use uh, a very medium grain, kind of nutty flavor yeah. white rice that I used to love, and just rice and beans are so good, and my father, same description as you, because yeah. he, he did all the cooking in my house. Yeah. And he would always say, you know, man, he it drove him nuts when those was rice was clumpy yeah. in any way, yep. shape, or form. So, well, I
7: remember really cool. my grandmother's favorite rice growing up was uh, a, a strand called Milagrosa. Okay. And, and generally, it's like Thai uh, a jasmine rice. Okay. Yep. Yeah, jasmine rice is so, delicious. So, when it comes to wok cooking, we always want to sort of grease up the wok, right? So we put a little bit of butter there so that we you sort of brown it and it kind of gets that smoke flavor in there from the butter. Yeah, from okay. from the butter. Yeah. And then the next step is putting the rice, uh, the, the adobo in to warm it up. So essentially that's all the crispy bits from the bottom of the, the braised adobo, right? Yep. So it's like, it's all your umami, your garlic, your salt, your bay leaf, all that stuff. So we warm it up and then you throw the rice in. Okay. So while the rice is going, you kind of want to essentially break up any, any clumps that might form okay. while, while, while you're mixing it but at the same time stir and basically warming up everything. Okay. So now the pork fat, you got the butter all coating the rice. Yeah, I can see the color of the rice yeah. change. Yeah, it changes and, a yeah. little bit. And one general rule for fried rice is that we always do put it with um with with a uh, mm-hmm. egg because the egg absorbs all the oil. Got it. So like you know like yeah, you can't have rice with no egg. Fried rice with no egg, but at the end of the day it's gonna end up being oily. Okay. The key to, to getting rid of that oil oiliness is 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 putting the scrambled egg in there because that'll that'll absorb a lot of the fat. This looks so delicious. Kendra, yep. I
0: don't know what we're gonna do. I'm allergic to eggs, but I'm gonna eat this. Oh, you're it's allergic to th- Don't even oh, worry man. about it. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a sacrifice today because this looks <laughs> amazing. I don't even know how much of a sacrifice it's gonna it be. It won't be the
6: first time, watching This this, that l- sacrifice. this just looks
7: amazing. So yep.
6: How hot is that walk?
7: So that walk, the BTUs on it get, get pretty hot. We actually had to adjust this one to get it a little bit, uh, a little bit uh, lower heat. Um, the thing is, no is with joke. the walk though, the reason why it's so important is because the return on heat is really quick. Yeah. So it doesn't like make anything mushy. So it's Got always it. a quick cook, quick cook, quick toss. Right. And that's part of the reason why I wanted to elect talking to you guys while I had Silvino show the walk. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. that is beautiful. Cool. Look at the color
0: of that. Wow.
6: Perfect.
7: It's amazing seeing that come to life. How's our pork doing over here? We'll just put it in one of the boxes. The pork's going to take a little bit of time, but you see it's already starting to caramelize on one side. And then is this pork shoulder? Yeah, it's pork shoulder. Okay.
0: Why do you use the shoulder? We use the shoulder
7: because it has uh, for me, it has a little bit more flavor than some of the other parts of the pork, uh-huh. um, and uh, like I, I kind of like a little bit of chew in the meat. Right. So it's essentially like you know, like a shoulder chop, chulet, chuleta kind of thing yeah. without the bone. Yep. Um, and uh, it's deboned. Yeah, it's deboned. Okay. So we we sort of already yeah. butterfly the, the, the shoulder. So okay. Yep. Very cool. Yeah. Basically. And so this is ju- it's just seasoned with salt. Uh, yeah, this is just seasoned with salt, but okay. all, all the flavor is going to come when we start. We, we, we mix it into the, the rest of the tiger cry. Oh, man. Yeah. Okay. Waterfall.
0: Tears are going to be flowing yeah. today. So, look at all these beautiful and It's colors called waterfall
7: right pork, but then yeah. the, actually the sauce, we call it tiger cry. Tiger cry. <laughs> yeah.
6: Everybody's oh. crying. Yeah. yeah. I'm crying. You're crying. Tigers are crying. Yep. Wow. <laughs> Amazing. I'm excited. So uh,
7: what he's doing over here, actually, he's topping it off with, in the Philippines, we have a version of pico, Uh huh. so it's tomatoes, onions, cilantro, but uh, we put a little bit of shrimp paste in it. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Shrimp
6: paste makes everything better. So we're
7: going to put a little bit of bagoong, which is uh, toasted uh, 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 fish paste that we use in the Coated Philippines. Toasted fish paste. Yeah. Okay. Does that give it a smoky flavor? Or what? Uh, a little bit, but it, it's going to give you that kind of funk.
6: Like pungent. Okay. Kind yeah, it's pungent.
7: we 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 always eat adobo in the philippines with with this okay essentially it's it it, think about latin cuisine it's very similar to salsa and pico and stuff like that you want to eat these things to refresh your palate right got it
6: so beautiful
7: good looking chef so over here I'm going I could probably start cutting up Chef, some of thank the you so much. That looks beautiful. So for the for the rest of this dish, we ba- we basically uh we'll mix it with some tomatoes, put some cilantro stems, C- cilantro stems. Yeah, the stems. Yeah, Why the stem. And then uh some onions. Oh, for me, the, the stems have more flavor than the the actual uh leaves. And we like to utilize the whole, the whole, uh, the whole vegetable. Okay. Yeah. That's great. A little bit of green onions. And for me, what really makes this dish is the mint. Mmm. Yeah. Is mint common in? In, in Thailand? Yeah. yeah. Mint is, is used very frequently in Thai yeah. food. Amazing. I love mint.
6: Yeah, same. I love it in savory.
7: Yeah. For me, like savory, if you get savory, you get the mint and you get the spice. It mm-hmm. all, it, it all works really well together. Yes. Yeah. Amazing. Look at all these beautiful colors yep. in here. Oh where's the ajat? Doesn't it get the ajat? Oh yeah. Is that the heat? Yeah. Oh well, it's, a, it's a pickle that we use. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Looking good.
0: Yeah, it's looking good.
7: It's like a, it's like a nice grilled pork chop. So is yeah. this is, is
0: is is so is this a dish that you would have eaten growing up or is this something that this as you began th- to get back into learning about your 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 background that oh. you've had, that you started to love?
7: Oh, I mean like uh, the adobo for sure. But yeah. this this dish was introduced to me by my uh, my friend my good friend and uh, uh, one one of my my chef my chef buddies, uh, Thai. Okay. So he's the one who introduced me to the Thai food. So he used to actually make these dishes during family meal while yeah. we all worked at Uchi together. Okay. Yeah. So like uh the we, best food yeah. family meal, right? So yeah, so he would start to make some of the food from his uh homeland. And it would just wow, everybody. So we're just like, why don't we turn this into a concept? So do you, do you find yourself getting inspired by situations like that, by all these guys getting together and just throwing food down and it, be like, I get, where I did get, this come from? You know, I get more inspired that way than yeah. anything else. You know, like, yeah. yeah, I can read all these fancy books with fancy pictures, but th- what gives me the most inspiration are the people I work with. Right. Like Honestly. every day, every day.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. One of the things I, I, I like about you is that you always give credit to people and uh, and I think that uh, that it speaks volumes about who you are. Yeah. So,
7: yeah, I mean, like at the end of the day, a restaurant is never one person, you know, right. like it, it, it's only as good as your, your team and, and right. the people that fight next to you. So, That's right. yeah, I think we're almost there. Amazing. That's beautiful. I love mint.
0: <laughs> Anything. Yeah, my favorite. So.
7: What is this? Oh, so that's for our chicken in a sal, which is another a dish that I rediscovered. Uh-huh. So it, it's very similar to, um, uh, to Mexican food in a way. Okay. So it's, it's basically uh, anato seed. So it's achote. Uh-huh. So yeah, it's like achote, it's like a yeah. achote mix. It things color. Yeah. Like, yeah. So we, uh, you use achote, actually, quite a bit in Filipino cuisine. Is that right? Amazing. Yeah, okay. It's like your poor man's saffron, so yeah. we put it in rice, we put it on uh, lechon, yeah. we put it on, uh, yeah. and lechon's another Spanish right, right. right. word, right? right. We put it on right, right, our, right, we, put, we put on all sorts of stuff. We got to get a lechonaria going. And yeah, we Yeah, right?
6: Yeah. <laughs> Sign me up.
0: Right? Oh, no, I know. I miss that perennial pork shoulder. Oh, oh it's yeah. It's Oh, man. It's so good. Have right? you been to Puerto Rico ever? Never. Yeah. They've got, uh, they've got a place called Guavate, which is miles of just lechonarias straight. Oh, wow. Up into the hills, these guys cooking on coals and just. Oh,
7: and each family has their own like sofrito recipe. That's right. right? Yeah. That's like your coveted yeah. sauce. Right? Sofrito, yeah. Yeah. We used to make it in big batches, and you know what they do? They yeah. put it in ice cube trays. Yeah. And then they freeze it. Yeah, you freeze
0: it. it. Yeah, because it lasts like six months. You just drop a cube in the pan. That's the yep. base you're cooking. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, a cube so, of
7: sofrito. That's it. Yeah. 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 So when they make sofrito, is it just all vegetables, or is there protein in there sometimes? There's no protein. No, it's uh, basically it's you know your onions, your garlic,
0: uh, cilantro. We use a, an herb called culantro. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we you use culantro. use they use, yeah. use, use a longer. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, Southeast Asia. Right. Yeah. So. Uh, and then it's uh, it's sweet peppers. Yep. Uh, well, uh, with a couple ahi, and a lot of times people make mistakes when you give them uh, a recipe for it because they'll yep. buy these Jamaican hot peppers that oh, look exactly right, like right, right. Yeah, there. yeah, oh, no, which is hilarious. And then um, you know, just your salt, pepper, lots of garlic, and you just kind of cook that yeah. down almost so, into a paste.
6: Yeah, just yep. a paste. And then
7: yep. So that's pretty dope. Yeah. You got to smuggle back some. Um, some uh, um, sofrito. Next time you can come down. I'll just make it for you. You just make it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Be good. Yeah,
0: we're all. I owe you there. one. I owe you one, anyways. <laughs> Help me with my Thai
7: my nacho recipe. <laughs> there you go. So I think we're we're pretty much there. So. Wow! Look let at that. Let plate. it rest for a second. Good.
6: That's like everybody's biggest. Yep. mistake right you just want to yep. go in, you just want to go for it you're so hungry and it's yep. like don't, yeah. don't, don't don't do it don't do it yeah
0: i think beef you need to kind of rest maybe a little more yep. than pork but yeah beef needs a little more resting yeah. for yeah. sure mm-hmm.
7: i just want to make sure it's juicy and you get that crust on the outside yeah yeah, yeah. And loin it's still juicy yeah and cool. i love that you, i can you still cook, cook. Really cold. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> they like to make fun of me they're like uh chef you remember how to make that dish don't let him don't,
0: don't don't let him confuse you. He can still cook. I know, cook. right? Make sure he's cooking family meal for you.
7: Yeah. So, this is uh our tiger what we call the tiger Cry sauce. which has like a Thai chili uh, okay. base. Um, you put we toast some jasmine rice with kefir lime, okay, and Ooh. lemongrass and then we grind it up. Grind it up, yeah. Yeah, basically what that does is that, that absorbs all the flavor, right? So it acts like a, a coating to the salad. So yeah. it kind of thickens the dressing up. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you, chef. Where's uh, the Can I get a spoon, chef? Pickled cabbage. cabbage. Yep. So, we just toss that
6: guy up. Oh, I can smell it. Just the tossing. You smell the lime and, oh, my God.
7: And I'll do a little bit of, it's like Maldon just to finish. Put a little bit of cabbage. Wow, both of these dishes are colorful beautiful yeah and I'm going to top it off with some extra mint because that's like uh, my favorite part when I eat the dish and we actually have some steamed uh, uh, sticky rice okay traditionally you eat this like a like uh, the way Thai taught me was basically to eat it like a candy bar and you eat this while you eat that with your hands oh wow oh okay yeah so, Hey, how does that work? You take it out and eat it, or you, yeah, you, you rip that you out it and eat or... it? So, like, okay. if, if you're eating that with chopsticks, you would yeah, you, you would like follow it by up with the beach. rice. So the cabbage and the rice is there to cool down your palate. Okay. Okay. This is gonna like intensify and be
0: spicy. All
6: right, let's do it.
7: Cool, learn something new. Yeah, I
0: should say. All right, yeah. thank you. Well, guys. cool. Let's go eat. Cool. Let's do it. Paul, you've gone on and you've gotten quite a few accolades over the years. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So why don't you share with a little bit?
7: Um, of so uh, I, yeah, I was fortunate enough to uh, ha- have been on Top Chef Season 9, so mm-hmm. I ended up winning that season. Um, and then shortly after I got a James Beard award mm-hmm. for best chef Southwest and then uh, I was able to get a food and wine best new chef award um, We got a Bon Appetit award as well as a sample of green awards I was, I was like oh, it's, it's been really cool. I, no, no, I can't t- right you pretty much won everything yeah, everything. yeah. So but, and, uh, I mean I can't like I feel bad whenever I tell that story because it's not it's not just all me right, right. It's me and my whole team Yeah, yeah. you know so like Th- th- that's why I'm always like kind of. shy have always when we said talk that. about that yeah. stuff. Yeah, every time
0: I've had a conversation with you, yeah. it's always been about your team. Yeah. Which, uh is something I I love about you. Yeah, and and, uh, and another thing I love about you is your food. And we just got an yeah. opportunity to watch you cook it. Yeah, um, but I need to learn how to eat. You know this uh, uh, this rice so. Tell
7: tell us again. Re- recap so, the story. So basically, I uh, you want to take the rice uh-huh. and uh, unwrap it, sort of like a candy bar. Okay. So in uh, so this is a good a good um, uh, uh, sample of maybe like northern Thai food. So this okay. is more like uh, your drinking type food. So Am I holding it like yeah. this? Yeah. Okay. So basically, you would eat uh, some of the meat okay. and some of the spice. Get some it of that spice in. This is the waterfall pork. Yeah. So. Okay. you waterfall is gonna make me cry. Yeah.
6: <laughs> I know you've eaten a candy bar.
7: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe and then, then you go just go eat the rice <laughs> and then follow with the pickles to clean your palate. Okay. Yeah. And it is spicy. So this is and a good is a, uh, sample of Isan food. What you, were, you mm-hmm. had alluded to earlier mm-hmm. about Northern Thai. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. I'm gonna follow that with some cabbage because my mouth is on fire.
0: Yep.
6: Mm. Okay, I'm scared.
0: Absolutely delicious. I'm gonna
6: chop this chop off. Chop the top off. I don't want any wands cooties. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Sorry, I'll take that.
6: <laughs> See how he is? Yeah. on the wand all the time. All right, let's right, do this. Yeah.
0: Man, that pork has—you you, you oh. talked about like a little chewiness in the yeah. pork. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. I think a lot it's of times. It's not
6: crazy spicy. I was. Yeah. Literally ready to cry. <laughs> the mint is everything.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great add to that dish, and that's something that you decided to put in there, or is that normal? For oh the
7: no, dish? that's normal. Okay. So one thing when we started the tycoon concept, I promised my buddy Ty that I would never change his food. Okay. Mm. So any changes that we might make, I'm always going to call him up, no matter where in the world I am. Be like, hey, Ty, I'm going to do, do this today, and we we kind of that's just out, out, of out of respect now. for him. Yeah, Ty, just out of respect. Okay. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Oh,
0: well, All right. that's great. Isn't that great? I love that, and they I they love pork. Cabbages, everything. everything. Yeah. Mm. All right, Yum. so now we have this fried rice, and we're going to eat. You're going to uh, watch me eat something that I'm allergic to, because I cannot not eat yeah. this. This is delicious. We're not talking you, about, you can squeeze like, a lime on there. Not EpiPen. Like like, Don't worry no. about it. I'm not going to end up in the hospital.
6: I'd be like, it's not worth it, watching. What? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 100%.
7: That's weird.
0: <laughs>
6: right? I'm like,
7: oh, what am I supposed to say? I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. So this wow. is the adobo pork? Yeah. Okay. Fried rice? Yeah. Mm. So you know how like you were talking about uh, sofrito mm-hmm. uh, in, in Puerto Rico? So in the Philippines, what each household is proud of is their adobo. Mm-hmm. So each family has their own adobo recipe, and I don't pretend to k- compete with anybody's grandma on that, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> really delicious. Yeah. Really chewy. And you're right. The egg does absorb the oil.
0: That rice is like, really like, almost like, it's a little crunchy, a little fluffy. Um,
7: it might be easier to eat with a spoon. Mm. Kendra's always up for a challenge. Yeah. yeah, that's the one thing though. Since we were colonized by Spain in the Philippines, we eat everything with a fork and a spoon. So that's totally changed. Yeah, and Thai is actually very similar since they since they uh, since the empire of um, uh, man I forgot the name already. <laughs> it's not Som, but uh, mm-hmm. but when they switched, right? They wanted to be more Western, so they wanted to have flatware. Sure. So that the the king basically made a mandate and made it popular for everybody to eat with a fork and a spoon. Okay. Yeah. So the king had to do that. So it was sort of like, okay, this is, we're going to make a cultural shift here. And, yep. Okay. Yeah. So
0: I imagine some purists were probably anti that for sure.
7: Well, if you look at a, a Thai food, and it was pre uh, pre their uh, modern era, uh-huh. uh, a lot of their food was actually just cooked in clay pots. There's no wok. So the wok was introduced by the, by the Chinese later. Okay. Yeah. That's really interesting.
0: So, yeah. Because almost it, all
7: the Thai food that you yeah. see is cooked
0: in a wok. Yeah. Siam. That's uh, the word I was looking for. Yeah, Siam. Kind of like it. the king and I. Siam. Close. Siam. Yeah. Siam, yeah. 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 I okay. actually
6: feel like that's the piece about food like this that's so important, yeah. is that it is an opportunity for people to learn that really the history of food is the history of the world. Yeah. And I Absolutely. think that's what blew my mind in culinary school. I, was, I knew I liked food, but I didn't understand really why. And if you're interested in facts or history, or even if you're not, it's hard not to just get super enticed I've, by... That,
7: that's what drew me to food. real.: you know? yeah, yeah, Learning about people. Yeah. yeah. And just,
6: hit, just like how... What you just said, you know, yeah. it's only because of the Chinese. We wouldn't yeah. assume that the yeah. average person's going to be like, "There's no." There's I always been a walk. We talk there. about
7: like the soul yeah. of food. You know, I, I was like to mess with Thai, and I was like, "Man, you know, you got your country wouldn't have any food if Mexico didn't bring over the chili." No, I know.
0: Is there a Thai Mexican concept? I don't, that that chili, you know? it it be be I don't think so. But it seems like that would be. I've definitely been to like some Asian Mexican.
6: Just broadly Asian, but not
0: Thai. Thai food in Puerto Rico is pretty prevalent. Yeah. Yeah. Because they mean, grow similar growing climate.
7: Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, Thai, like Royal Thai cuisine is not spicy at all. Yeah. There's no spice to it because they didn't yeah. have chilies till later. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's <laughs> interesting.
6: Yeah. A lot, you know, like a lot of what like we cook a, with. like a handout. It's like for you right. to eat this food, you need to at least be right. passably literate. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. And yeah, a lot of what we cook with seems to have come from the East here. That's interesting that have yeah, actually yeah. made it the opposite way because yeah. there's not there's a lot less stories about
7: that well like oh, uh, well, so I got you know why I, I was fortunate enough having a conversation with Massimo Bottura yeah. and he was yeah. telling me that in Modena they, they don't make tomato sauce you know yeah. like because they tomatoes weren't, weren't, weren't there weren't any tomatoes yeah. so it's only carrots carrots is what makes bolognese orange right yeah, that's yeah, that's,
0: cr- that's right. And when was,
7: like what I think, I used to think of Italian food. I'm like, oh, it has to have tomato sauce. Italian American, right? Yeah, that's Italian yeah.
0: American food. Those Jersey tomatoes. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. Cool. Well, Paul, you know you're here at Zeppelin Station. Uh, looks like you guys are kind of taking over the programming here. So yep. this is something that's going to be new for the city of Denver. Um, tell us about some of the other concepts that you guys have that are going to be going in here, and uh, and if they're anywhere near as good as what we're eating right now, oh, I think Denver's it. in for a treat.
7: I hope so. So uh we're uh basically we're we're creating we're opening a new uh taqueria called Metate. Mm-hmm. Um and it's going to have uh, 100% nixtamalized tortillas mm-hmm. and it's going to oh, be a wow. straight uh straight um taco fare, right? So we're going to have, you know, like your suadero, chorizo, like lengua uh-huh. um and it's going to be like a set like, you know, you buy type, type tacos. of taco
6: from like any region in Mexico or are you just
7: Um no, we're we're just going to your yeah, I guess you're like more traditional, like, uh, taqueria that you'd find in, like, uh like in, like, Porter's Mexico Town. City or something oh, like that. Oh, yeah okay, Mexico yeah. City. Yeah. to yeah. so where it's still somewhat familiar for everybody, but gotcha. we just really want to focus on the tortilla and, and, and the filling and everything's just going to get onion, cilantro, that's it. Nice. Um, super simple street super taco. Super simple street taco, wow. yeah. Amazing. Um, and then we're also... uh uh, basically bringing the full concept of East Side King over. So what oh. that means is we're best doing su- sushi and all that never. stuff as well. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, people have told me that I have never oh,
0: eaten not there. Either? No, I haven't. Yeah. And everybody tells me that's yeah. the best ramen in the country.
6: Literally the best. Oh. And, and it's the weirdest p- part of uh, like, not weird, yeah. but Austin's weird. It's just yeah. amazing. But it's like it's in this stri- random kind of by the university. Yeah. You have to like walk through this like corridor. All, all
7: our East Side King locations are yeah. all weird and random like that. <sighs> Um, and then so good. we're bringing over a, a barbecue concept from another chef friend of uh, uh, of ours from uh, from Miami. Actually, okay, he he's, he was my executive sous over at POW, and then he sort of became the chef de cuisine of a place called Q in Miami. Sure, yeah. Yeah. and. Um, He's, uh, he just branched off on his own during COVID to start a barbecue brand. And I'm, I'm from Texas, and he was like, hey, chef, come, come visit me, come visit me. I'm like, all right, all right. I'm like, I'm like all right, it's gonna be Miami barbecue. It's not gonna no. be like Texas barbecue, right. right?
6: which I'm not sure is even a thing. Yeah, and then I visited oh, yeah, him, barbecues. and I'm barbecues.
7: like, holy cow, it was way better than anything I had in Texas last year. Wow. He me on that, too. Like, oh, I'm, I'm like, like right. yeah, it's all right. that good. And all right. Say his name so everybody yeah. knows. Um, so it's the uh, 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 chef's name is Rahim, and it's called the Drinking Pig. The Drinking okay. Pig. Okay. Okay. Where does that name come from? Um, I think it's something he came up with in his backyard, because essentially the, his barbecue spot was right in front of his front yard. That's yeah. Incredible. I mean, that's what I mean. I love like, it. His front yard. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I'm gonna continue to
6: eat I a little bit more it, of this too. I'm gonna eat it. you're allergic to? So. <laughs>
7: <laughs> I should not be eating more of that. So. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, those are just right on the horizon, and and, uh, ho- and we're in the works of opening an izikaya upstairs called Kokoni, uh, which it, it should be also pretty fun for this neighborhood. So, That's yeah, pretty amazing, man. Well, I'm looking forward to eating all the food, um, and I'm looking forward to telling
0: people in Denver uh, about what you're doing here, even right now. I think it's incredible. Oh. So, um, you know, this is Where Juan Eats with Kendra Anderson and Paul Kui. Thank you. It's good to see Cheers. you, brother. Thanks, man. All right, man.
6: Awesome job stuff. Thank, thank you so much. Thank you.
4: Hey you guys, Jay here with the Modern Eater Show. Thanks for watching. Don't forget about our YouTube and Instagram channels. A lot of killer content over there. Throw us a subscribe on YouTube. Throw us a follow on Instagram. And thank you for supporting TME. We couldn't do this without our amazing sponsors, so let's check them out right now.
0: Very proud to be part of the, the Modern Eater, and uh, chefs, restaurant owners, any food service operators. You know, I know right now that uh, delivery and carry out is bigger than ever. And we got you covered. Uh, Cambro uh, has a full line of uh, delivery and carry out items. More economical options are expanded polypropylene, or EPP, uh, nice insulated container. Uh, The ProCard Ultra is really versatile.
3: It's a great unit because you can actually store cold products down here, hot products up here. It's all 120. There's no refrigeration worries. It's all thermodynamics. Just let us know what your food service
0: challenges are, what it is we can do to help you out. And there isn't anything that we can't do for you. So uh, hope to see you over here at our facility in Park Hill soon and stay safe out there. You know, everybody, with several million dollars of hard assets here, insurance is very, very important to us. Ewing Levitt covers it all. Machinery, building, workman's comp. Ewing Levitt's got us covered from the floor, to the ceiling, from our alley, even to the street. This divider. This press. My cooling conveyor. My oven. Ow! Ow! Ewing-Levitt covers our Counter-Stacker and our employees too. If you need insurance, take it from Little Rich at Rockalitas. Call Ewing-Levitt. They'll get you covered.
3: go home, I strip down to my skivvies. All right, here we go. I got it, I got it, I got it. Hey, everybody, Steve Gould from Golden Moon Distillery and Golden Moon
7: Speakeasy. When I get my cocktails to go from Golden Moon Speakeasy, I go home, I kick back, and I watch The Modern Eater. Gold, skivvies? Hey, I'm a Marine. It's Skivvies, man.